February, the Midwest was gripped by a deep freeze. Most residents are probably aware of the electrical outages forced by what was known as Winter Storm Uri, but the costs of the storm are still being sorted out. I'm Allison Kite. Welcome to the Kansas Reflector Podcast. On this week's episode, we're looking at the economic fallout from this winter's deep freeze for Kansas residents who could be paying for just a few days of natural gas usage for years to come. We invited Jim Sakura, an attorney representing wholesale customers, to talk about proceedings at the Kansas Corporation Commission. We also invited the Kansas Gas Service, the state's largest gas utility serving residents, but the company was not available. Jim, thanks for being with us. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you. Um, So as our listeners likely remember, we had a pretty severe cold snap this winter in February. Um, Most notably, um, some people lost power for quite a few hours. Uh, In Kansas City, I think the average temperatures were below 15 degrees for about 10 days straight. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what happened during that stretch in the natural gas market and for natural gas customers? Oh, certainly. I lived that real time. Uh, The the temperatures, uh, the first... The first really notices we, we received as to uh, unusually cold began about the 3rd of February. So uh, we had ample notice. And the utilities have very sophisticated weather prediction. So we saw the price of natural gas increasing. Uh, it began the month in, in February 1st at $2.54 a unit. And by the time we got to the, uh, I believe it was the 11th, of November, excuse me, 11th of February, it was about $9.50. And then on the 12th, that was a really significant day because two things happened. Uh, There was a price for the 12th, which Allison was about $44.50. But the more important thing was that we were heading into a a holiday weekend and the President's Day. So all of the natural gas that was going to be used for the 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th had to be purchased on the 12th, okay? And the market became very unusual on the 12th. Typically, you get, Allison, what we call uh, attributed pricing or pricing that's expected. There was none of that on the 12th. The only thing you had was the electronic screen, which had zero as uh, an offer, but they would take $999 per MMBTU. So on the 12th, we understood that it's not going to be $44.50. And $44.50 was higher than it had been in probably, I want to say, 10 years or more. It it reached $35, I think, at one point, or $13 or $35. But it was $44, uh, Allison, was extraordinary price. Mm-hmm. And then when there were no attributed or offered prices during the day, pretty much everyone knew it was going to head higher. You just didn't know how high it was going to be. And what was further unusual is the gas daily index typically is text to people like me and our clients at about seven o'clock at night. It didn't come out till nine o'clock at night. That's the first time that people knew in Kansas City about nine o'clock on the 12th, the natural gas wasn't $2.54 like it was February 1. It was $329.59. So it had increased, you know, 200 times since the, uh, since the first of the month extraordinary and we were in a cold time period and the customers were going to get stuck. And you kind of answered this already, but I was going to ask if there was any uh, time that you could recall that natural gas prices got remotely close to that high. 
No, uh, and it's it's interesting. Your question is interesting too because the physical market, which was the buying and purchasing of gas, got to three hundred and twenty nine dollars, and then on the seventeenth went to six hundred and twenty two dollars. But the Henry Hub, which is the financial trading on the NYMEX, never got over $35. So there is a disconnect between the financial market and the physical market. And can you explain why the cold weather caused those high prices? Well, uh, <laughs> there's several reasons. Let me, let me give you the, the ones that most people talk about, and I'll give you what my real feeling is. Uh, what most people talk about it was, was that it was a cold winter. Well, it was a cold winter, but we have cold winters all the time here. And the other thing that people neglect to say is that if you look at where we get our gas, about 25% or a third of the gas comes from Wyoming, which is much colder than, than it is here. So it was colder. That, that's certainly the case. And it was colder for a longer stretch period. So when people say that the cold weather caused the prices to go up, I kind of take that with a grain of salt because we have cold weather a lot here, and, and cold weather didn't cause the price to go from $254 to $622. Our claim, of course, is that the indexes were simply inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And now some of your clients saw those high bills immediately where right. residential customers are still, uh, that side of things is still being worked out. Can you kind of explain that difference? Uh, that's correct. For uh, Allison, for 20 years, the, the Kansas has allowed uh, natural gas transportation uh, and contract gas. We just use the pipelines for, for delivery, really. Okay, And the reason for that is that typically you can save about a third. So you see schools, universities, churches, uh, machine shops. Uh, we, uh, one of our clients is a homeless shelter. Uh, all of these, in, in, Kansas, in Kansas, Allison, there's about 6,200 transportation customers on the KGS system, and we represent about five or 600 of them. Okay. And so right now, Kansas regulators are dealing with how to spread those costs out for residential rate payers. Uh, for Kansas gas service customers, it's $451 million that has to be paid back. Um, all told, what is the economic impact that we're looking at here? Well, it's enormous. It, it, it's certainly the, the biggest economic event in my lifetime. And all told, as we indicated in the filing to commission, it's, it's in excess of a billion dollars in Kansas. And if you can wrap your head around this, it's $600 for seven days of natural gas for KGS customers. And of that $451 million, it's enormously impactful on the residentials and the small commercial businesses, small businesses, because 79% of it will be paid by residential uh, ratepayers, and 9% will be paid by small business. So the, the shorter answer to your question, Allison, is the amounts are so enormous that they can't be paid on an, on an immediate basis. They have to be spread out. It, it's the same dollars. It's just spread out. And the only reason it's spread out is because otherwise low-income Kansans would pay their gas bill and couldn't pay their rent and their food and their medicine bill. Mm -hmm. it, it's an enormous, crippling economic event to Kansas. And for your customers who you mentioned are school districts, homeless shelters, et cetera, can you give us an idea of kind of what some of their bills looked like after that February storm? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the homeless shelter I'm talking about usually gets a bill of $1,500. Uh, their bill in February was $48,000. We have a school district uh, who typically would get a $20,000 bill who got a bill for $640,000. Uh, we have 
I could go on and on on for you. I mean, just as a matter of course, you might say that uh, the the uh, increase for February is 50 times what it usually would be, 50 to 100 times. And so it is so enormous that many of our clients simply won't be able to continue. They're, they'll have to close business. And you're representing one town that's suing BP. For your other clients, how are they responding to these huge bills? Well, first of all, I would say that the people of Mulberry, Kansas, are the most courageous people in the state of Kansas. They are the, and, and I have great admiration for them. They're the only ones who stood up to BP Energy and these people and said, we're not paying the bill. You know, we're not going to pay $329 in MCF and 622 Gas Service hasn't said that. Black Hills hasn't said that. None of the others have said that. They have fought it. Okay. How it affects our customers and what they're doing about it is we're, by and large, this is what we're doing. We have calculated what we believe to be the fair price under the uh, Kansas Consumer Protection Act, and we're paying that. We always pay our bills. A- and then we are contesting, as we're entitled to, under the uh, under our contracts, we're contesting the charges as being, first of all, inaccurate, which is my argument with the commission that the indexes are simply, not argument, disagreement with the commission that the indexes are simply wrong, Okay and that they need to be investigated. But we're, we're not paying it. And, and what I will tell you too, I think is really important thing, Allison, is there's goodwill on both sides. The sellers and buyers both see that this is, is a difficult situation. And we've settled about 200 lawsuits, or 200 uh, claims, and we're gonna settle a lot more. It's not like the people are just stonewalling each other and not talking. Everybody understands this is a terrible situation and they're all trying to re- resolve it through commercial negotiation, which is what I'm not seeing at the commission. Now, the commission um, is essentially working on how long to spread the costs out for, as you said, small business and residential customers. Only the sales customers. Our transportation customers are just stuck with the bill. We don't get any 10-year thing. We have to either pay it now or we have to fight it. Right. And so... You know, as somebody who's representing these transportation customers, what's your role in the Kansas Corporation Commission proceedings that are dealing more with residential customers? Well, there's several, okay? Number one, um, the KGS contends that uh, many of the transportation customers did not supply the gas that was needed to be transported on their behalf, okay? They make that claim, and it's tens of millions of dollars, okay? So they said that they, that they had to buy gas for our clients and that now's the time for us to pay up, okay? So we're immediately tossed into the boiling pot just like the residential customers because we're now subject to all of the gas costs and all the penalties that any other sales customer would be, would be assessed. And the, the KCC, as we said, is dealing with how, how much to spread these costs out, but you feel like their investigation should be more in-depth, am I right? Can you kind of describe that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you look at what happened here, 99% of these, these billion-dollar costs occurred in just about five days, the 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th of February. In the first four days, the price was $329.59, and then the, uh, 
17th, the last day, it was $622.78. Let me give you a comparison. The second largest pipeline deliverer and delivery system in Kansas, Pan Al Eastern, on the day that our index price was $622, theirs was $144. Okay? It was, it was, ours was, their, their price was 20% of what we paid in Kansas. Secondly, on the $329 days, their price was about $100 less. So the, the index makes no sense whatsoever that, that you would have such a, a, a difference of, of, of pipeline systems that are right next door to each other in Kansas. And this is an index for prices on the Southern Star Pipeline, which uh, basically uh, serves as the... Can you describe why the, okay. the index price matters to me? Uh, the index... That's a great question. Most of the gas contracts do not have a specific price provision, probably, Allison, 99% of them. They all reference what is called the gas daily index price for each pipeline. So the largest pipeline that delivers in Kansas is Southern Star. So when I talk about the $329 and $622, those are Southern Stars. There's lots of other pipelines that deliver in Kansas. Pan Eastern, Northern Natural, uh, NGPL, CIG, uh, there's a number of them. They all have different index prices. The problem that we have here, which the commission recognized that we have a legitimate concern is, there, most people that I know of would say that the Southern Star Index prices are inaccurate. And let me give you a reason, okay? That pipeline carries about 2.5 BCF natural gas. And the $622, uh, $622 price is based on two trades, less than one half of 1%. The way I describe it to people is if you could visualize in your mind two and a half million white golf balls and somebody walks over and picks up two and they're red, what happens here is they said, oh, that's, that's the price, the two red ones. When, and you're ignoring the other two and a half million that are laying there in front of you, which are white. So what we say is it's statistically insignificant and there's no basis for it. And there was only seven trades on the 13th through the uh, 16th. So uh, I think the commission did recognize the legitimate concerns. Uh, they gave the reasons for not wanting to get into it, uh, which we can discuss if you would like. but. Uh, what we would say is you're never going to solve this problem until you find out what the accurate price is. And let me tell you what that bet is, Rich, uh, Allison. What that bet is, it's about one-third or one-half of the billion dollars. If I'm right that the indexes should be more like Panhandle or lower, what Kansas would owe would be about $350 million to $500 million less. Now, what I'm saying is those stakes are so enormous we should be investigating that with all our might and all our vigor. And that's what I ask, and the commission turned me down. And the KCC has said that federal regulators and the Kansas Attorney General are more suited for that kind of investigation. The Attorney General Derek Schmidt is seeking outside legal counsel, indicating that his investigation is pretty serious. Why are, are those agencies not the appropriate investigators for this issue? Well, it's really pretty clear they're not, okay? <laughs> First of all, no one knows what FERC is doing, but the commission order talks about the FERC 
investigates market manipulation. And that's Federal Energy Regulatory Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. No one is suggesting (laughs) market manipulation. I'm saying that the prices just weren't calculated correctly. Uh, And FERC, the other thing I would say is the FERC doesn't, doesn't, uh, FERC has not regulated gas contracts for about 35 years. Uh, uh, Sending this off to FERC is like sending it off to Never Never Land. It's, It's the wrong, they're not gonna do an accuracy investigation, they're only doing a market manipulation market manipulation investment investigation, and it almost certainly does not include Kansas. So it's sheer folly to say that FERC's gonna take care of your troubles, okay? The second issue, the Attorney General, they are doing an investigation. They have different responsibilities. The Attorney General has basically two areas of responsibility. One is the False Claims Act, which means if someone sent a government agency an invoice that's not truthful, that it can be prosecuted. That's not talking about the accuracy here. The second area is the Consumer Protection Act and the anti-profiteering section, which is if you charge a price that is more than 25% of the pre-disaster price, then that is prima facie evidence of profiteering. The problem with that is the Profiteering Act also has a cost pass-through. So if somebody paid the inaccurate price of $329 and turned around and charged somebody $350, they haven't violated the Consumer Protection Act because they have a cost of $329 into it. So make no mistake about it, Allison. Uh, the investigation is over when they send it to, to FERC and, and, and talk about the Attorney General's investigation. Those are both fine entities. I have nothing but good things to say about the Kansas Corporation Commission, but on this one, we have a difference of opinion. And if they're wrong, we've lost our chance to get the 350 to $500 million back for Kansas. So if I'm a residential ratepayer, well, I guess I am a residential ratepayer, but what should I be paying attention to? Well, you should be uh, paying attention to a couple of things. Number one, the, the merits of the case. And number two, and really most importantly to you is how actively can you participate? What's available at the commission that you can go look at that would allow you to make an informed opinion as to what you think is the right thing. Okay, I think that's all I got for you. Anything else you'd like to add? The KCC uh, basically defines what is the public interest. And public participation is, is defined as how much the public is allowed to see, how much the public is allowed to know. Uh, My large problem here is that uh, in the order of last Thursday, the commission basically told the public that uh, they would not be able to see the contracts, who sold these billion dollars worth of gas prices, what the prices were, or anything related to that. And that seems to me to be very, very much uh, inappropriate as to the public who is going to be asked to pay $451 million on the gas service case. Mm -hmm. Now, the way I define public interest and the way I think, I hope the commission would define it, is to sit down and say, what is the level of public participation that should be permitted based on what you're asking the public to do? And what I would say is, if you're asking the public to foot the largest rate increase in history, 
$451 million for seven days of gas, everything should be made available to them. There's nothing that should be kept from them. The second thing I would say is, this is so important, and I, 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 may, I mean no attribute, uh, bad attribute or motive to the commission, because they're great people, they have the same interests, we're all just trying to do the right thing here. But what I would say to you is, uh, when they say to the public that they're not gonna investigate the high prices, and when they order the public to pay $451 million, the public is going to think, are these people looking out for my interests, really? What's the what's the what's being done on my behalf? None of us are perfect, but the public has the right to expect that the Public Service Commission and our entire state government will take every action and do everything possible so that they don't have to pay a billion dollars that's not necessary or that's inappropriate to pay. And when that doesn't happen, then you really start having public distrust. And that's a problem for both the agency and the KCC and for the state government because none of us should have to feel like we don't have the appropriate esteem uh, that's necessary uh, between the state and the people that it governs. This has been the Kansas Reflector Podcast. I'm Allison Kite. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.